Microsoft's hitting back at Google in a way that feels familiar. Happy Saturday, friends. Usually this podcast goes up on a Friday, but um, got, got a late recording in and just wasn't able to scrub up the video and get it out the door on a Friday. So it is Saturday. So hopefully you're enjoying your weekend listening to the smooth vibes of my whatever. I'm not even going to say that. That was anyways. We are going to kick it off here because Microsoft has done a bunch of interesting things this week. And uh, they're also going after Google sort of in an interesting way that feels vaguely familiar. But let's just kick it off here. Microsoft is reportedly or was reportedly interesting, uh, interested in trying to buy Pinterest. Now, Pinterest is currently valued at about $50 billion. Uh, the story goes, and I believe it came from the Financial Times, that Microsoft really just wanted to get these large platforms like Pinterest over onto its data service. Azure, or cloud service, I should say, and they couldn't work out a deal. Now, it's been re reported for a long time that Pinterest really just kind of wants to stay independent and not be absorbed by a larger entity, and that's why they didn't come to a deal, but Microsoft was reportedly trying to trying to snatch them up for a bunch of billion dollars. This vaguely reminds me of Microsoft trying to buy Yahoo for about $45 billion back under the Steve Ballmer era, and that famously did not work out, and... I am not a Pinterest user, but I'm sure that those users are very happy with the services. That's why Pinterest is valued so high. Um, but Microsoft paying $50 billion for that is, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Uh, that, and it's a lot of money. Uh, other things going on in the Microsoft world. Edge. Now, this is legacy Edge, not the not the blue kind of wavy looking Edge that you're probably using today. It's based on Chromium. This is Edge built on, built on Trident uh, is going away. Officially, March 9th is when the service cuts off for uh, support, and then they're going to pull it out from your computer with a Windows update uh, following that. So if you're using Legacy Edge and, and you're in love with it, I've, that, that's not good news, but I, I honestly can't imagine there's that many people on that. Um, I have been using the new Edge for a while now, and it's perfectly fine. You can make that switch and you won't really notice anything. But the one interesting thing is, while Legacy Edge is going away, it's not fully going away. I've asked Microsoft a couple times now, including uh, last week, or actually this week, I should say. Uh, it's not going away on Xbox. So if you're using Legacy Edge on the Xbox, which again, I don't think that many people are, but I'm sure there's some. Um, that is going. That is not going away, I should say. So that is going to be sticking around. Microsoft would not really comment. They wouldn't tell me a timeline or anything or what's going on. Uh, they just have said no comment on that. So you can technically still use it on your Xbox, but um, there you are. Um, if you're using Teams and you're using Teams regular and you want to be a pro user, there's a new license coming for you. Actually, what this is, so Microsoft is going to be rolling out some webinar functionality and they're going to require an additional license or uh, entitlement uh, to allow you to use that functionality. And so when that rolls out, that's what Teams Pro is. I don't think Teams Pro was a great name for it. Um, but anyways, it's just kind of, this is the, the full moving over, I believe, from Skype for Business Online over to Teams. And so be on the lookout for that, especially when webinar functionality does arrive. So um, there's also a new Teams meeting link. Now, this is going to sound really boring, but this is actually like really useful if you've ever tried to do this. One thing that Zoom does exceptionally well is if you just want to have a meeting like right now, you can go get a link. You can send that link to all your friends. They click it and they join. Teams, as of this podcast recording, doesn't make it that easy. You got to go click new meeting. You got to fill out everybody's email address. Then you got to hit schedule meeting. And then you got to scroll to the bottom of that email that came to you or the invite and then grab that link and then share that with additional people, which it's not a very, it's a very rigid and unfriendly process. And now there's going to be a new meet now button. You click it and you instantly get that link and you can share it with everybody and they click it and they join. This is something that should have happened a long time ago, but is now going to be rolling out. Um, one, it, it's like one step 
step away from being like best in class. So GoToMeeting has a really nice service where you can have like GoToMeeting.com slash Brad's really awesome meetings. Um, and then that link will just kind of stay active forever. So if anybody ever clicks that link and you click it too, then you can join a meeting. It's like a hot room effectively. Now the downside of it is that like anybody can jump into that at any point, but it's a really neat way to just have a vanity URL and work. Now you do have like custom controls so you can block people from just anybody joining. But like that's what's needing missing here is like a team's vanity URL that I can continuously use for pop-up meetings. Um, but well, hopefully Microsoft will get there one day. Uh, they're also testing a, a new dark mode uh, for Word. So it's going to make dark mode even darker and make the canvas even darker. And so if you're really sensitive to that stuff late at night, that's good news for you. Microsoft also announced this week a new data center region in Atlanta. They're actually making a pretty significant investment in the city of Atlanta, Georgia. And be on the lookout for a bunch of stuff around there, but that includes a new data center and a bunch of jobs and a bunch of capital being invested into that area. Uh, I'm curious if it has anything to do with Delta, right? Delta has a big hub there, and I don't know if Microsoft is trying to work out some deal. Who knows? Who knows? Um, so something interesting is going on in the world of Microsoft. And this comes from Brad Smith, who I believe is the general counsel for Microsoft. He, he's way up there. He's definitely uh, leading the legal side of what Microsoft is doing. Now, if you jumped into a time machine many years ago when Google was trying to come up in the world, they did some interesting things that really undercut Microsoft's business. A lot of it involved licensing OS. Uh, for example, if you remember, uh, when Android came out, it was free, and it's still quote-unquote free, uh, although the, it's not completely free, but we're not going to get into those finer points. But Microsoft made you pay for Windows Mobile or Windows Phone as a license initially. Like, the idea of having a free phone OS was, like, crazy, and Google did this with browsers and a bunch of other stuff, and it really forced Microsoft's hand to sort of change their business model and to change the way that they approached different things. Now... Google has found themselves on the other side of this. Remember last week, somebody put a question about how uh, the issue with Australia and Google, where Google didn't want to pay publishers for using their content in Australia. And they said, hey, we're going to pull out. And somebody said, could Bing really like backfill everything Google does if they truly did pull out? Um, I'm not going to dive back into that, but it's a really interesting idea. And it's pretty much going to be, I, I think I think this is going to honestly happen. Australia is pushing really fast forward ahead with this. And Brad Smith has come out and said, hey, other countries should do this too, U.S. included. This is the right move. Now, this is Microsoft hitting back at Google because Google obviously makes a lot of money from their advertising business, not from the content itself. Now, you know, full transparency, I'm in the publishing business. I run, we, we, we have Petri.com and we have Therat.com and it's something that happens to us. For example, you write a post, you go search for it and then you Google just says, oh, you know what, here's the paragraph that's relevant. So you don't actually have to click that link and actually go visit that website. Now, on one hand, that's really great for the user because they might get the answer they want. But on the other hand, like I just created that content and now Google is giving me nothing for using my content to generate their own ad revenue coming in. And it's really, it's a really dicey area. And so what effectively what's happening here is in Australia, Google's going to have to start paying publishers. And Brad Smith comes out and says, hey, everybody should be paying publishers for this. Granted, obviously, the answer here is because Google is massively bigger than Bing. And so this is Microsoft kind of like punching, punching the gut a little bit of Google, if you will. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out around the globe. Now, Microsoft is not immune to this either. They have Bing. They do very similar things with Bing. And Brad Smith even addressed it. He's like, hey, yeah, yeah we'll pay. Uh, we'll do that. That's fine because it's going to be an absolute 
fraction of what Google has to pay out. This is Microsoft like kind of hitting at the revenue generating side of Google in a, a legal way that's not directly from them, but them just backing a movement that publishers should be paid. And granted, I, I am on the side of the publisher for obvious reasons that if you're using my content and your search results and you're not compensating me with a click, then you should be compensating that user or that index, that, that publication in another way. Like that's, that's pretty fair. I mean, at the end of the day, Google can't just grab everything, bring it in house, and then just not compensate the rest of the industry. So uh, it'll be something to watch. This is not something that's going to change overnight. Although in Australia, it's pushing ahead pretty fast. And I suspect that you can imagine that the publishers in every other country are watching this exceptionally closely. And they're like, hey, uh, if this passes there, we need to do that here to make things fair and level the playing ground uh, of what truly is search results. Now, the other side of this could be is what's going to happen if Google ha doesn't have, like, for example, with Petri.com and the New York Times. Not that Petri.com and New York Times overlap. Let's just pretend that they did. If Petri doesn't have an agreement and they can use our content for free and New York Times is like, hey, you got to pay us uh, five cents per every thing you scrape. Are we artificially going to get inflated up now through Google search results because it's going to cost them less money to drive traffic to our website? Not quite sure. We, I don't I don't have the answer for that, but it's something that you're going to want to be paying attention to. Uh, switching over to the gaming news, if you will, um, some just interesting things that came out. I should have grabbed, oh yeah, my Xbox controller here. Microsoft has like a hidden feature on the Xbox controller, the sync button up here. If you're using it with your phone, you can, uh, if you hold sync, you can recall the last mobile or PC device. So if you sync your controller to your phone and then you take this controller and connect it back to your Xbox and you want to bring it back to here, if you hold the sync button, uh, the Xbox light will flash and then it will reconnect automatically to your phone. You won't have to like repair it every time. And then you can uh, double tap the sync button and your Xbox light button will flash and then it will reconnect to your PC. Why this wasn't documented somewhere or everywhere, uh, I don't know, especially considering cloud gaming and all that, but that's a really cool feature of that controller. And now I believe it might be the only the new controllers. I'm not positive on that, but either way, it's definitely the Bluetooth enabled ones. Um, that's a really neat feature and makes it a lot easier to jump between devices with your Xbox controller. So Microsoft, uh, there's also a video on this channel uh, from yesterday, is having the first AI and gaming event on February 23rd. The the TLDR here is that Phil Spencer and Kareem are, are speaking. So you've got the, the executive of all of Xbox and then cloud gaming um, going to be on stage talking. It's definitely more of a sausage made uh, type announcement, like how Microsoft tooling and, and everything else is driving the industry and things that are uh, being utilized. You might see some GDK, game developer kit style stuff. Um, I'm hoping that we might see DirectX 12U or 12 Ultimate uh, announcements or features or something like that. But this comes prior to GDC, which is the game developer conference, which happens in mid-March. So curious to see how Microsoft uh, announces or talks about at this event. Um, there's also Minecraft Dungeon has now reached 10 million players. While Microsoft is not always a golden goose with Minecraft, it does do very well in the, in the, the actual gaming side. The only one big, not fail, but well, maybe it is a fail, um, is... Their, their Minecraft world uh, or Minecraft Earth uh, application. So anyways, uh, on to the questions of the week. Always my favorite part. And we are diving in here. First question comes from Mr. PKI. He says, ending the week with an oldie but a goodie. Is anyone outside the education sector actually using Windows 10 S mode? Do you think Windows 10 X will be based on running Windows 10 S mode for applications? So I have... So Windows 10 S mode continues to be this thing that exists and Microsoft tries to push it, but I I don't think anybody uses it outside of education. I, I, I don't know of anybody who, 
let me put it this way. I think if somebody's using Windows 10 S mode, like outside of the business world and education, it's probably on accident, um, would be my, my honest assumption. So Windows 10 X is going to be interesting to see, like, can they convert those Windows 10 S users over to X or does S go away in favor of X? We don't quite know. Microsoft hasn't even like officially really announced Windows 10X and what we know it today. They've just said, hey, it's coming in the, the single screen devices to focus, but um, hopefully we will learn something here in the near future. NGC224 says, what are the chances Windows 10X will use Windows in its name? Uh, I had heard at one point that they didn't want to use Windows in, in its name. Now this was 36 months ago, 24 months ago, something like that. I don't know if they are or are not, but I'm of the firm opinion that if it looks like Windows and it acts like Windows, it's got to be Windows. So I don't necessarily think that Windows 10X looks like Windows or acts like Windows. And so I personally think they should come out with a new name. Like, I don't know, I don't know, Microsoft, oh, I don't know what they would call it. The Microsoft 365, the, the 365 OS, the cloud OS, the, the, the run one app at a time OS. I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't have, that's a marketing thing and we won't know right until the end. Um, but I, I personally doesn't hope, I personally hope it doesn't have windows in its name. Uh, with the announcement of Forza Horizon coming to Steam, why is Mike, why are Microsoft games not coming to Epic Games? Uh, maybe Tim Sweeney has issues uh, with the Windows Store. So, interesting thought. So, there's the Epic Game Store, and then they've also got Steam. I think Microsoft just has to make a choice about which platform they want to they want to support. Uh, Steam is clearly larger, yeah, larger than the Epic Game Store. I, there's no reason why they can't come to both. But I think a lot of people look at Steam as more of like the Sweden of the gaming world. It's sort of like the neutral ground and the Epic Game Store is very much a, a publisher driven. Now, I know Steam uh, and Valve publish their own games, but I think that might be the differentiator. There's no reason it couldn't. And maybe Microsoft will and they'll experiment it to see if they can actually make some additional money that way. Um, but we will we will see. Uh, Gabby Bartok says, any news about Sun Valley? Yeah, we're supposed to have... There's supposed to be a, a Windows event at some point here. I thought in the spring where they would be talking more about this. Now, the, the challenge is it's hard to understand. Are they going to be talking more about Sun Valley or 10X or both or one or the other? Uh, the wires are a, a little a little crossed at this point, uh, at least from my perspective of understanding what the event is going to be focused on. An old Amiga user says, do you still use the Surface Pro X other other than the form factor, is there anything to recommend about it? Granted, it is a premium device, and given the performance and capabilities of issues of Windows on ARM, is it remotely worth the price? So, to his point, the form factor of the Surface Pro X, or whatever the new one is called, Pro X 1.5, the, the newer one, um, it, it is really nice. Like, you hold that thing, and then you can hold the, the old Surface Pro 7 or 7 Plus, and it just, like, it, it feels like today, and the other one feels like yesterday. Um so why would you want to use it? Well, you still get better battery life if you don't, if you truly want to experiment with ARM. It's not something I would recommend to the mass market. Like you got to be knowing what you're getting. Like if you need just an entry level sort of performance device um, to do, run some office apps in the in a browser, especially it works really well for that. If you want good battery life, I still believe that the Pro X line will give you better battery life um, and experience than the Surface Pro 7. Although Intel has done a good job in, in narrowing that gap in somewhat and also the instant on performance. But the biggest benefit of the Pro X is that you can set it down, come back in probably a month, and the battery won't be flat. I don't know if that's going to be still completely true with the Intel side. The end of the day, you got it's sort of like the if you're if you're going to buy a Surface Duo, 
that user knows exactly what they're getting. I would recommend that if you are going to buy a Surface Duo Pro X, it's probably fine for you. You, you fit that demographic. But you got to know what you're buying. Do not buy the Pro X to do gaming. Do not buy it to do any Photoshop editing. Um, don't do it to buy it for minimal productivity use or just at, you know, no heavy applications. So it's kind of what I'm hinting at there. PK Driven says, happy, happy, well, Friday, but he's, yeah, it's Saturday usually, uh, or Friday usually, but today's Saturday, but yes, happy Friday, Brad. Uh, have you heard any new progress happening with the X XDK for the Series X and S? I've been watching Digital Foundry uh, next comparison videos with peak interest, and I wonder if you have any insight to add. Um, so, yes, I've been hearing that, I, I thought that there was supposed to be an XDK update available in the spring. Now, that might be tied to the game developer conference, which happens next month. And so be on the lookout for those two things over crossing. He says, also, what kind of improvement to game developer tools are you looking forward to? Um, AMD Super Resolution NVIDIA. We won't get any of the NVIDIA stuff, at least not for the Xbox. Potentially uh, on the DirectX 12 Ultimate side for the PC, we might see some of that enhancement. Uh, AI in general or VR hands. Um, yeah. So what I would be looking for, there's still a lot of optimization that needs to happen. You got to remember that with this new generation, it's not like they just put a new GPU in there that had uh, more cores or anything else like that. While that is all absolutely true, there's a lot more technology, right? You've got the, the ray tracing, you've got the super sampling uh, techniques, you've got a bunch of different stuff that's going to take some time for developers to truly uh, understand and fundamentally extract all of the performance. We started to see just little it's a bitty, you know, bright spots of where the Series X is like kind of not significantly, but outperforming the PlayStation 5 in ways that we would expect, Hitman 3 being a perfect example of it. I would look to see that with each generational game coming out, that gap to likely expand as long as Microsoft didn't fully optimize their console before launch, which I'm not expecting. I, I don't expect that at all. Uh, I would expect that that gap to continue to grow uh, over the generation. It's just going to take time. And so those optimizations are honestly the big thing. It's not going to be, there's not going to be some dramatic change right away. The dramatic change was with the new hardware where four 4K 60 frames per second uh, is the absolute minimum that we're effectively seeing with even higher frame rates on a lot of games. So, uh, Shark 47 ends the week, says, uh, when does Windows move to version 11? I, Microsoft, I don't I don't know if it ever will. I mean, maybe maybe 10X is kind of Windows version 11, but Microsoft, uh, Terry Myerson, now granted a lot of things have changed since then, said, hey, Windows 10 is the last version of Windows, uh, and they're doing this, these iterative updates. So I don't know if we will ever see a Windows version 11. Honestly, what I think we will eventually see is the 10 might just get dropped, and it's just called Windows. I just I just run Windows, uh, because the, the 10 branding will eventually just not make sense once Windows 7 is fully out of the ecosystem, which will take a while, uh, but especially once Windows 8 is completely gone and removed from the industry, which I think will probably happen before Windows 7. So I ex I would expect we would just see Windows branding before we would see Windows 11 arriving uh, in the marketing materials. So um, guys, that wraps it up. Like what a what a crazy week. Microsoft wanting to buy Pinterest, uh, Microsoft going after Google, Teams features, gaming stuff. Been a good week, been a good week. Hopefully uh, we've got more good weeks ahead, but at all, ugh, hopefully we have better outros in the weeks ahead, guys. Jeez, fumbled my tongue on that one. But as always, folks, keep it subscribed here because the only BS on this channel is me.